Fantastic Sunday together. Uh, we're going to have a great time getting into God's word and worshiping. And uh, again, you've just picked a great day to be together in the house of the Lord. We're going to go ahead and stand up together this morning. And we always like to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we are choosing to believe that our nation is coming to Jesus. And someone may say, well, that's not what I'm seeing. Well, we are walking by faith, not by sight. Amen. And we're going to continue uh, to intercede and stand in the gap for our nation. Amen. Let's go ahead and say these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, 
mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here, just like we always do, to do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice high five, handshake, fist bump. Everybody loves hugs, I think. Anyway, spread the love this morning. Amen. Let's go.
this morning yeah love it i'm personally i am just thrilled about this fall time weather showing up anybody else with me i think we were pretty much done with summer so so long see you later good riddance and uh you know we'll see you next year but hey praise god we are really really thrilled and excited today um so a lot of you know we've been talking the last few weeks about uh the exciting news about hdwc midtown chapel anybody been hearing a little bit about that yeah and so we have a whole lot of our new family members with us today and so let's just make them feel well <laughs> Amen. And so here in a few minutes, we'd like to pray with them about um, our exciting new journey together. Uh, but I thought I'd kind of fill you in a little bit in case not everybody knows exactly uh, what's going on. But uh, we're, as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, um, HDWC is expanding and we are joining forces and connecting with another awesome ministry right here in Barstow. And it's just, uh, it's really exciting, but it's not something that we ever saw coming. It is uh, something that the Lord has set up. And uh, and we're going to now be conducting ministry at the Free Methodist Church property on Yucca Avenue and is also uh, the site of where Barstow Christian School was. So uh, we are uh, just, again, joyful about what the Lord is uh, causing to happen. And, um, and it's all been set up by God. As I said, it's not something that uh, we ever, you know, uh, saw coming or anything thing like that. As I said the other day, hey, we're just minding our own business. And God knocked on the door and said, let's make something great happen. Amen. And that's exactly what's going on. So thank you, Jesus, for that. 
So uh, we're going to be working out a lot of the logistics over the next little season. But, uh, you know, we want to we just want to say that we're not two separate churches. We are one church. Amen. At two separate locations. And uh, and we have a lot to learn. I'll say that right now. We have a lot to learn, uh, but we are really excited for the journey ahead. And uh, none of us know 100% what we're doing. And so people ask me questions and I'm like, hey, I'm trying to figure this out right now. You know what I mean? But, but God is good and the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he's causing everything to fall into place. And, and so we're definitely uh, walking by faith because we have to trust the voice of of God. And I like something that uh, Joshua said in Joshua chapter 3, verse 4. Uh, he told the Israelites, basically, in, 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 in modern terms, to hang on tight for the adventure ahead uh, as they got into the promised land. And he said this, we have not passed this way before. And so we're all kind of going in, uh, you know, uh, into a, a new level that we've never been in before. And we're all learning as we uh, take this step of faith together. But I know that God's got some incredible things planned for this. And I want to say that our new family members are absolutely some of the most loyal, faithful, Christ-filled people that you will ever come across anywhere in this world. And so, again, I want to want to just thank them today. Uh, and, and over there, they run the Enriched Food Pantry. All right, is Leah here? Leah Johnston on the back row. All right, Leah and uh, and Yvette. And uh, so many of them, they run uh, the, the Enriched Food Pantry, and they are feeding tons of families every month. You would be absolutely blown away uh, to see how powerful this ministry is. And uh, this is something that I want us to really get involved with, and we can super help help out with. Uh, and th there's no way we can improve upon it because they're just doing an incredible job. But I've said, hey, we can bring in some uh, some extra hands, right? We can, we can bring in a little extra muscle to get this thing done. And so that's what we're going to be doing. Um, and as we've gotten to talking over the last few weeks, we've realized that our weaknesses happen to be their strengths with food distribution and everything and vice versa. And so I just see us coming together like this and, and God did doing a mighty work to get the gospel spread throughout Barstow as this city's getting ready to have a population boom and have some growth coming. So don't you see a little bit of what God's doing right here to make some awesome things happen to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I believe that God has teamed us up for a time such as this, uh, just like he said to Esther. And our goal has been, uh, 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 the goal has been to be able to start a, a 9 a.m. Sunday morning service there on October 1st. And we're fully ready on this end. These guys are fully ready. Uh, we just need the final thumbs up from some uh, leaders down the hill. And we haven't, they haven't officially given that to us for October 1st yet. Uh, but as soon as as we find out, uh, we're ready to go. So we're really praying that we are able to get that final thumbs up this week uh, so we can start having church there this coming Sunday and, uh, and, and, and just get going with this thing, man, because I know that the Lord has some awesome things prepared. Who believes that with us today? Amen. 
All right. Well, we want to join in prayer just with, uh, again, with our new family members. And so um, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but would you guys mind standing up if you're from the uh, property on Yucca and Kelly over there? And, uh, you know, I promise nothing weird is going to happen. <laughs> we just want to pray with you. Amen. Let's welcome our new family. Yeah. Praise God. I'm so excited. And I know a lot of them, but not everybody. Um, but if, could you stay standing with us this morning if you're uh, with us from the... Uh, I know you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? We just sat down. I, you know, we like to play tricks on people. So uh, we want to we join in prayer this morning and uh, just ask for God's blessing on our new adventure and, uh, and make sure that the Lord is anointing every step of this so we can do anything we've got to do. Pastor and Mrs. Pastor, can you guys stand up too with us? Amen. And uh, we're just going to release our faith over them this morning. Amen. Let's do this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, so much for uh, just the, the amazing opportunity that you have presented uh, right now to us, Jesus. And Lord, two great ministries and, and, and the same great community, the same great town are joining up, Lord, uh, to see some awesome things happen for Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would direct our steps, give us the wisdom we need, uh, Lord. To, to do everything how you want it to be done, not how we want it, but how you want it to be done. And Lord, we just ask again for your blessing to be upon this so the gospel of Jesus Christ can get preached, Lord, from, from every angle of Barstow so we can show the love of Jesus to this city and get people to know you and receive you and, and, and to get to heaven someday, Lord, when it's their time. And so thank you, Jesus, for the this incredible opportunity, and we again ask for your blessing to be upon it. You are so good. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen today? Amen. Yeah, let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. So exciting. All right. Well, I'm going to let uh, Pastor Katie get into some of the announcements uh, that we have going on right now. There's plenty going on. Well, good morning. If you have children in Jam Children's Ministries, I need to clarify a couple of things for you. On Wednesdays, we have them stay in here until after worship, and then we dismiss. On Sundays, they don't have to do that because they have worship in their own classes. So if you have a child that does need to go to class today, um, our ushers would be glad to walk you so you can just meet them over here and they can walk you to class. In addition to that, Remember how we've made children's ministry as clear as mud over the last while? Well, we put it on paper, and it's actually clear, like crystal clear, not clear like mud. So there are some flyers on the information, not the information booth. What is that? The children's registration table. Children's registration table. It's big and blue at the top. It says JAM parent posting. It has for you every location of the classes, ages, grades, and what's happening on Wednesday, what's happening on Sunday. So please make yourself available to that. I promise it will not change for a minimum of one month. There you go. <laughs> um, what's going on at this point is we were doing our very, very best to make children's happen on Wednesdays uh, so that your children could be ministered to on Wednesday and get to fellowship with their friends and make godly friends. Um, however, we stretched ourselves to make that happen. And... Lots of kids came, which we have happen a lot, which is awesome, except when there's too many ages in one room. 
So on Wednesdays, we're trying to work out some kinks. So those classes may change, but I promise not till the end of October. (laughs) So one more month and then it may have an adjustment. But for right now, all the information on the registration table is correct. While we are on the topic of kids and parenting and things being as clear as mud, um, the intentional parenting class will make things crystal clear. Um, And it's also really, really fun. It starts October 1st as well, and the sign-up sheet is coming around. There's a QR code on the top of there. That's how you're going to pay for your book. Um, The books are available. The first 10, 10 or 20, are available in the bookstore. So if you have already paid and you uh, have that confirmation, stop by the bookstore, and you can go ahead and pick up your book as well. So men's meeting's coming, gentlemen. Breakfast Bibles and Bros. It is going to be Saturday, October 7th in Victory Hall at 9 a.m. And that same night, it's a busy day, Start It In Me at Midtown, 800 Yucca, is going to be the city worship night. So make yourself available to that. You'll get to see their beautiful sanctuary there. It's going to be awesome. There's several churches uh, working together to make that worship night happen. It's going to be at 6 o'clock at Midtown, 800 Yucca. And... Harvest Fest is coming. It is 20 days after the worship night. So I expect you at worship night to pray over Harvest Fest. She got 20 days. Now, I'm going to use this moment to just give a pitch for youth ministry because I can. And because I'm holding a microphone and you're not currently. So here's what Summer did, okay? She talked to a few local... Okay, Summer's our children's director. If you don't know this, there is somewhat of a competition happening on the platform. You should pray for our salvation. Anyway, um, so the youth ministry has never won the candy competition. Okay, Pastor Dave won, which was like over a decade ago. It's a long time ago. That's almost a decade ago. It's horrible. Anyway, I have never won with our youth group in youth ministry. And now they have a second competition with the change wars. So I know you love your kids. But I know you're praying for your teenagers. So when you put that candy in that bin, you just lay hands on it and trust God. Okay. And then the change wars. Hey, listen, it's a thing. I have been at the altar believing God for my kids. Why can't we pray over candy? Anyway, the point is this. I would really love to win, okay? And I'm just totally whining right now. Totally whining. Leah in the back with the pink hair is meaner than Summer, okay? So let me have this year. Just one time. Summer's new. It's fine. Let me have a year, okay? Um, We already talked about intentional parenting class. So if you're with us for the very first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Very first time, first time in a long time? Okay. I love you, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Um, Miss Heather here is going to pass some information about the church. If you stop by the info booth, they will give you some free coffee and a gift. And we are glad that you're here. We are this crazy all the time, but we love Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's going to be, it's okay. Give the Lord some praise. That's all right. Amen. You have something else? Oh, I know that look. I've seen that before. Okay. Well, I I missed it and I even wrote it down. 
After church today, there are tacos available for sale and root beer floats for Harvest Fest. And there is a yard sale on October 30th, September 30th, because it's before Harvest Fest. Let's just have Summer do the, yeah, all right, you can do, yeah, you got this. <laughs> Hi, guys. Okay, so the yard sale is going to be September 30th. We have a few men that are going to pick up donations. If you guys can't do- donate, like you want to donate, but you can't drop them off, just contact Desiree or myself. We'll schedule a pickup date. So if you guys have stuff you've been wanting to get rid of, let us know. Your junk can be another man's treasure. So that helps fund the Harvest Fest. And then, of course, we have the tacos and the root beer floats today. So thank you. There you go. That's all it takes right there. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And so uh, who knows what time it is? Yeah. Amen. Second Corinthians nine tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. And so we are excited when we have a chance to give back to the Lord. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you this morning. All right. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. The Word always works when you work the Word. Amen, amen, amen. Well, you already get your envelopes. Open up your Bibles to Psalms 35. And we're going to look at verse uh, 27 and 28. And what's, what's the name of our church? High Desert what? Word. Word Center. That's because we major on the Word of God and the love of God. And I've been thinking about this uh, transition blending we're doing with the, with the other church. And I, I was thinking about our church. And I know the, the thing this caused us to uh, get to where we are is, number one, we major on the Word of God. What does the Word say? Then that's the answer. Amen? Oh, okay, if you can't say amen, say, oh, me. <laughs> amen. So we major on the Word of God and the love of God. Because Jesus is the Word and Jesus is love. So it's the Word and it's love that makes things great. But uh, I'm going to change screens on you before I read the Scripture, Maley. I want you to look on the screen there. we got a couple, couple things in the bookstore I want to show you. This is from Brother Hagen called Obedience in Finances. Obedience in Finances, a little book they used to cost 50 cents, a dollar, probably a dollar and a half an hour or something. But anyway, these little books are loaded with the Word and wisdom from God about your money. And I'm going to start a series tonight about God's plan for your finances. And I, I'm like you with today's gas prices and everything. I look at Gas Buddy every day now to see what the latest is to use my faith for to put gas in my car. And so we as Christians have a covenant with God. He wants us to prosper, have our needs met abundantly. And so anyway, I'm going to begin teaching on that tonight, plus these resources. This, here's one called Nuggets of Gold, Nuggets of Gold on Finances. And these are in the bookstore. Mrs. Pastor, years ago, uh, from about 40 years of the ministry, she's been for years writing down things that I've said as one-liners while I was preaching, put them all together in little books with titles. And I thought, well, we might have something in the bookstore on what I'm teaching tonight. So I want to read two or three of these nuggets in here. It, it shocked me that these came out of my mouth when I was preaching, but I realized it was the Holy Spirit through me saying things. Now listen to this here. This is a shocker, but it's so good. Bring all the tithe to the storehouse. How many know that's Malachi chapter 3? 
Now listen to this nugget. Bring all the tithe to the storehouse so your storehouse won't be your poorhouse. Woo! How about this? And you are counting dollars, but God's counting souls. Amen. That's good, isn't it? I don't take credit for that. I give, I give the credit to the Holy Spirit and he used me. It pays to serve God. It isn't a curse. It pays to serve God. It isn't a curse. And I remember when the Lord gave me that way back, probably uh, 35 years ago or longer, pastored back in Martinsville, Indiana. We had eight kids. I was living on a pastor's salary in a little bitty town, and I felt like I was cursed. We never had enough money, always trying to get along. And the Lord told me, he said, I'm going to use you to demonstrate to the world it pays to serve me and it's not a curse. Uh, over the weekend, I paid cash for almost a brand new Toyota. I didn't rob anybody. I served God. I served God. We have a wonderful, 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 beautiful home on a lake right here in the desert. The lake's so big, it's got two islands. We bought that house two years ago, and it's almost paid off. And it didn't happen off of Pastor Celery at this church. It happened because we serve Jesus and we find out it's not a curse. So if you want to find out some of the things that we've learned to do, we put into practice <clears throat> for the last bunches of years, come tonight and listen to some of that. It's going to be a two or three parter because you don't just want to just put so much out there one time you blow people away. But it's basic Christianity 101 on financial prosperity. Amen? All right. And so for this morning, uh, Psalms... 3527. <clears throat> now this, this is part of your financial, uh, growth in prosperity. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Why do you shout for joy and be glad? That favor my righteous cause. What's the cause of Christ always been? One thing. Salvation. Born again. Preaching the gospel. Getting people saved. It's not talk, uh, his number one thing is not church growth. But that follows people getting born again. His number one thing is not about getting better cars, having bigger houses. His number one thing is getting people born again for the love of Jesus. Letting people know that Jesus loves you. Doesn't make any difference where you work at, what color you are, what family you're born in. Are you born into the family of God? That's when your prosperity starts. And so it says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Well, this is an open book test. How many here favor his righteous cause? How many favor the gospel being preached? How many favor supporting missionaries to take the gospel around the world? How many favor a Barstow region full of believers, full of the love of God that will tell everybody about Jesus? Amen. Now tell everybody about Jesus and not try to get people to come to your church. There's tons of holy churches of God. All over Martinsville, loving Jesus churches, we get them into the family and God chooses the church. Amen. So he says, if you favor his righteous cause, what are you supposed to do? Shout for joy and be glad. Let's get excited. You guys are trained better than this. We got part of our family just came in here today. Now we're either going to trip over our lip or we're going to pass the test. Let's shout for joy and be glad. Okay. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Because we're in favor of what God's in favor of. And then look at this next part. Let the Lord be magnified, magnified, which has pleasure in the poverty of his people. That's a religious, that's a religious version. The King James Version says that God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Can you pass one more test? This is not tricky. This is not a trick question. Not setting anybody up. How many here serve God? Amen. Well, how many wannabes <laughs> want to serve God? At least somebody to raise their hand ought to hold their hand up on that one. But anyway, he says, God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. If you serve God, that makes you a servant of God. And that tells me, no matter what gasoline costs, no matter what eggs cost, no matter what toilet paper costs, whatever it is, God has pleasure for you to prosper. And I'll give you a quick definition of prosperity that I got out of a Webster's Dictionary years ago. Prosperity is the condition of being successful or thriving, especially economic well-being. God gets pleasure when you are doing very well economically. God does. Amen. In the prosperity of a servant. Then the next verse, and my tongue shall stay silent. All the day long. My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness, of thy praise, all the day long. And so a big part, a big part, and I'll talk about this tonight, a big part of Christian prosperity is having the right attitude. Heard a man say a long time ago that when a Christian's walking with Jesus, walking in their covenant, you should never know if he has a million or if he needs a million. Because we're Christians. We have the fruit of the Spirit. And so these times we're living in, man, keep on praising Jesus all the day long. Every time you see it pass a gas station, say, Woo, went up another 20 cents since yesterday. Say, praise the Lord. He supplies all of my need. Wow. See how much eggs are this week? Wow. He supplies all of my need. Amen. This, this is Bible. This is Economics 101. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. You can stand up. And what this is, every, every service, every offering, we speak the Word of God over our offerings because we're supposed to talk about His righteousness, His Word, all the day long. And then we bring them up to the altar, put them in the buckets up here. And I, I want to say this because, you know, some of you guys, you don't know this. It seems like most of our people give online now. They don't put stuff in the bucket. And so the altar is a place of worship. So we bring our tithes and offerings up. I always encourage you just to be thanking Jesus as you're coming up. And don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Thank Him for what you've got. Thank Him for what He's doing in your life. Thank Him for what you believe He's going to do. In other words, you worship Him, as the Bible says, with your tithes and offerings. And then when we start worshiping the Lord, I encourage you to stay up here in this area here and worship God up here around the altar with us. And it's just going to cause the anointing in your life to increase. Amen? Well, let's make our financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. 
Thank you, Lord. Meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Have you experienced the faithfulness of the Lord? Amen. He said he would never leave us. He would never, ever forsake us. And he has kept that promise. Who knows that today? There's not been one minute. Amen. Not one second that we have been on our own. He's been with us every step of the way. Amen. Lord, we love you. And I pray today that as we uh, get into the word of God together, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. And we're asking that you would tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, Lord. Uh, we, we say that your word would have free course in here to do everything that you send it forth to do, Lord. Now help us to have soft and teachable hearts to receive the seed of your word. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are getting the glory today. We love you in Jesus name. Can everybody say amen? All right. Give him some praise and you can make your way to your seats today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, who's excited, man, to be getting into the Word of God today? I am, yeah, absolutely. I am uh, loving what we're doing here. We have been studying, starting last week, in the book of Joshua. And Joshua is one of my absolute favorite uh, Bible heroes, uh, a mighty warrior and a mighty man of God. And so the series we're in is called Son of None. And that doesn't mean he didn't have parents. That was literally his dad's name, son of none. So, you know, if you're tracking with me, uh, you know what's going on there. If you need an, uh, an outline for the sermon to follow along with, the ushers will get you one. If you didn't get one, just slip your hand up and they have an outline you can follow along with and uh, kind of keep track with where we're at this morning together. Amen. All right. So a little bit of review here to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, Joshua, okay, ended up becoming literally one of the most heroic uh, military warriors, I believe, of all time. As you start to uh, look through the book of Joshua, you can see uh, victory after victory, and you can trace him all the way back to the book of Exodus uh, in, a, in a fight they had with the Amalekites, and you can see that Joshua was a manly man. Let's hear it for the manly men today. Come on, come on, boys. All right, uh, yeah, whatever. And so uh, he was a manly man. And, and and so he takes over for Moses at, 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 at a ripe old age. Uh, uh, he's 85 right here, what we're going to be looking at in the book of Joshua. And you're like, well, that's a little bit, you know, advanced to be just taken over. But man, this guy had fire in his bones and he had a call of God on his life. And he wasn't going 
going to let anything stop him from crossing over the Jordan River and getting into the promised land. And so that's what we're looking at today in our life is that you have a promised land yourself. And if you didn't know, now you know. And you better get a revelation of that in your heart. Because I see so many people that are, you know, just hoping to survive life, hoping to just, well, yeah, man, maybe maybe we could make it through this. Maybe we could just get through this. And God's will is not for you to just survive and barely make it by. His will is for you to thrive. And you need to know that there is a promised land for you. Amen. God has good plans. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. And so you have a hope and you have a future today. And we're going to see what Joshua did to lead these several million people into the promised land. All right. And so let's go ahead and we're going to look at um, an opening verse here. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. And I'm going to be doing some New King James today and a little, little bit of NLT, a little bit of New Living Translation too. So Joshua chapter 1 and we're going to look here at verse 9. And uh, and see, this is a powerful verse. A lot of people know this verse, but I, I, I absolutely love this. Joshua 1 and verse 9 in the New King James, the Lord speaking to Joshua says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. Well, why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Who knows that today? Amen. Now look at this verse. Did he say, I've got a, I've got a suggestion for you and may possibly be a good idea to be strong and of good courage if you're in the mood that day. No, this was a straight up command. He says, I have commanded you to be strong and of good courage, to not be afraid or dismayed or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Everywhere you go, God is there. Now that could be super good news, and sometimes that could be a little bit of scary news depending on where you're going. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, all right. You know, hey, if the shoe fits. But listen, the Lord your God is with you where ever you go. And so if you're going through a valley right now, if you're going through a storm right now, I can tell you this much, you're not alone. The Lord your God is with you in the valley and in the storm. If you're like, man, my life's never been better. I'm on the mountaintop. Well, good. The Lord your God is with you on the mountaintop as well. Amen. But we've got to get this in our hearts. And so we're going to break this verse down a little bit today into three points. And I believe that God is speaking to you if you'll listen up. So let's say a quick prayer and then we're going to break this thing down. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word. We thank you that, that it is the absolute bread of life that we need to get us through. And I pray that as we're looking into the word today, you will speak to each person here, Lord. If we need encouragement, I pray for encouragement. If we need some uh, correction, I, pr- I pray for correction. Whatever it is we need from you, I pray that those needs are met today. We love you. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? All right, let's break this thing down. Number one today is this. Number one, God will not fail you or abandon you. God will not. Somebody say will not. He will not fail you or abandon you. Let's look at verse five here of Joshua one. Joshua one, verse five. And I mean, this is some good stuff right here. The Lord says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. I will never leave you or forsake you. And I'm going to read it here in the NLT and, and check it out how the NLT says it. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. Here it is. I will not fail you or abandon you. Who knows today that God has never, ever failed you? Ever. Amen. And there may be times I could say, well, I didn't quite get the outcome that I was looking at. And a lot of times it's because I failed God in some instances and I didn't hold up my part of what the word said to do. But whatever the case is, I know this much. He has kept his word to me. He has never failed me and he has never, ever abandoned me. Now, I know if I just nonchalantly say something like, God never fails, you may let that fly right over your head because we've been hearing that our whole lives and you know that it's true. But I want you to stop and think about this for just a minute today. God is telling Joshua and he's telling you in Barstow 2023, you have my word, I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. What a powerful word. What if, what if a very important and, and powerful person came in? Man, maybe you were having a, a financial problem or something like that, and some billionaire comes up and he's like, hey, it's okay. Listen, I am not going to let you fail. It's all right. Just trust me. I've got this. How confident would you feel? You'd be like, All right, man. Yeah. You know what? I can sleep good tonight because some billionaire said that he's got my back. As nice as that is. And you know, I've just got tons of billionaires that have my back. Praise God. But no, listen, as nice as that may be, how incredible is it that the creator of the entire universe said, I've got you. I won't fail you. I won't abandon you. It's going to be okay. You listen to me. You should sleep real good tonight even if you're going through something, because God's got your back. Someone should say amen today. 
Amen. God is on our side. Uh, he's our father. Who would say that God is my father? God's my dad. God's my father. And I know this much that a good dad wouldn't walk out on his kids when they needed him, especially when they needed him the most. God's not going to walk out on you when you need him the most. Amen. And, and in fact, I know this much about a good dad. A good dad also doesn't just keep handing everything over to the kids without them having to learn anything. And a lot of times we're like, man, if the promised land was real, God would have just handed me the keys and stepped out of the way and let me take over by now. Well, you could go that route, but what if there's some things along the journey that you need to learn before they just hand the keys over to you? And so the children of Israel, they had been in the wilderness for 40 years. They get right there to the edge of the Jordan River. God does a miracle. We'll see in chapter 3 later on. And then and the water stops and they cross over to the other side. And they would you would think that they'd be like, oh, we're finally here. Easy street, the land of milk and honey. But they find out there's still giants living in there. And they got to drive some of the bad guys out before they can take over. And listen, God in your life has led you all the way here. You may be right there at the banks of the Jordan River right now. God will do a miracle and get you to the other side. But listen, there may be some giants still in there that you've got to kick out so you can take over your promised land. There's always going to be enemies to fight. And we know who the enemy is. Amen. It's the devil. There's always an enemy as long as you're in this world. But the good news is we know how to fight him, don't we? We fight the good fight of faith. Amen. We use the name of Jesus and we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who knows that today? Amen. And so let's look at a verse here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Amen. Who's excited they came to church today? Yeah. Romans 8 and verse 31. You know, someone said, yeah, well, it's football season. I could have been back home watching football. No, no, this is better than football. You know that today, amen? Especially if you're like a Cowboys fan or something. All right. So Romans 8. I didn't. Uh, I meant to save the Cowboys jokes for Thanksgiving. My bad. So Romans chapter 8. <laughs> It's just always fun to stir the pot. You know, you just light the match and walk away. Romans 8 and verse 31. And and man, get this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? And you may be saying, man, I've got some big giants against me. Okay, well, you know, you may have. We're not denying that. But guess what? If God is for you, it doesn't matter what giants are against you. You do things his way, you're going to win. And that's where Joshua was. we got to have that confidence, man, that God is for us. I heard this story about an elderly lady in London in World War II when, when uh, you know, they were going down to the bomb shelters all the time and, and taking cover. They didn't know at any minute when they were going to be attacked over there. And so at one point, the whole community had been down in, in the shelter for a few days, and they were missing this one older lady. And, and everyone's like, well, where is she? Something must have happened. Well, they didn't see her for a while. A few days later, uh, they all come out, and she's just strolling down the street whistling like nothing ever happened. And they're like, wait, 
where in the world have you been? Aren't you afraid that something could happen? Aren't you afraid to go to sleep at night? Aren't you afraid right now? And she said, no, no, no. I read in the Bible where it says, God never sleeps nor slumbers. And I figured, hey, if he's staying awake, why should both of us? I've been sleeping like a baby and I've been doing just fine because God's got my back. Amen. And so I'm telling you today, there's no need for you to be losing sleep at night over what's going to happen next. Check it out. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. If God's going to stay awake all night anyway, I'm going to bed. Shut the lights off somebody. Amen. God's got you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You've got to have that confidence in your heart. And some people say, yeah, I know that. I've been hearing that for a long time now. Okay. It's one thing to know it up here. It's another thing to believe it in here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You don't trust God with your brain. You trust him with your heart. Amen. And that's what we're talking about today. And that's what Joshua had. Number two, check this out. We're breaking down Joshua 1, 9. Number two, we are told to be strong, be strong. And you know, we hear that phrase a lot and we should even tag onto this to be strong in the Lord because that's what Ephesians six ten tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But as we're studying Joshua here, Joshua was a man that had already fought many battles by this time. If you look at his life, he was getting ready to fight the biggest battle of his life. They're taking on a city called Jericho as soon as they crossed over. And Joshua is 85 years old. And so a lot of this stuff we see God telling him right here in chapter one seems like stuff he would already know. Don't you think that Joshua already knew that the Lord was with him? Don't you think? I mean, after everything he'd experienced with Moses and and Joshua could have said, yeah, I know that. But I mean, we're getting ready to like cross the Jordan. We're getting ready to take on Jericho. But the Lord keeps reminding him of things that you would think he already knows. God keeps pumping him up even though he's already a warrior. And some of you in here today, you're already warriors. You've already fought some battles and you've already won some victories, but you need to hear the same stuff that God was telling Joshua. We read some of this stuff and you're like, yeah, I've heard that before. Well, you need to hear it again because guess what? You still haven't extracted all of the truth that is available in these verses. If God had to tell Joshua, don't be afraid, I'm with you everywhere you go. And he keeps saying these things. If Joshua needed to hear it, you need to hear it right now in this day and age. God's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I'm with you everywhere you go. I will fight for you myself. We've got to get this. And so the reminder that we all need is that We're not fighting the battle alone. Your father is right there with you. And I want to look at a New Testament verse that you've got to get. 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. Man, this needs to be a verse that you've got on speed dial. You need to know this verse. When the enemy comes knocking, you need to have some ammunition spiritually to fire back with. 1 John 4, 
and verse 4. I'm going to read it in the King James because that's what my dad taught it to me back in 1989. Amen. So 1 John 4, 4. And this is a, seriously one of the first verses that my parents taught me. But my goodness, we've got to know this. 1 John 4, 4. It says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah, well, we got the boogeyman in this world. Well, guess what? Greater is he that is in you. Yeah, well, we've got this situation going on. And we've got this going on over here. And this problem, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. The Jesus on the inside of you is bigger and stronger and greater than any devil in this world. And when you really get that revelation in your heart, it'll change your mentality in life. You know, uh, Craig Hagan uh, refers to a thing called the greater mentality. The greater mentality. And I'll explain this, but Joshua had this greater mentality. And when you've got this mentality, listen, in every fight you're in, You look at it and say, God and I can take this. God is greater than this. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. All right? And so I'm going to explain the greater mentality. But first I want to talk about the grasshopper mentality. Well, what's that? Well, let's look at Numbers chapter 13. All right. We're going to talk about the grasshopper mentality. Numbers 13 verses 27 and 28. And so spiritually, man, if you are born again, you are more than a conqueror through Christ. I mean, yet you are seated in the heavenly places. According to the book of Ephesians, you have Jesus on the inside of you. You can overcome anything because of him. And that's the truth for every born-again Christian, but some people, they don't see it that way. And and you need to change your outlook on life. You need to change your mentality. So the grasshopper mentality, we'll see a little bit of this in Numbers 13, verses 27 through 28. And this is the story of Moses sending the 12 spies into the promised land. They send one guy from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Two of those guys are named Joshua and Caleb. They come back excited like, oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen in our lives. And 10 guys come back and say, oh, it's beautiful, all right, but we'll never get in. Why? Because they saw themselves as defeated. They saw the enemy as more powerful than God. And so let's see this here. Numbers 13, and we're going to look here at verse 27. And this is the fearful guys talking. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. Oh, and it is indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Hey, here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are are large and and fortified we even saw giants there the descendants of anak and they're just throwing a whole pity party look down here skip down to verse 32 look down to verse 32 
So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Here it is. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Don't you see how the enemy and fear can plant lies into your mind? How in the world did they know what these guys thought about them? Surely they didn't ask them, hey, what do you think about me? Would you describe me as a grasshopper? No, they didn't didn't do that. This is crazy because they let fear take over. And when you have the grasshopper mentality... Every problem that comes up against you, you see yourself as the underdog. You see yourself as the poor, whipped one. You see yourself as, 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 as just not ever being able to overcome. That's a mentality that a whole lot of people have. And in this case, 10 out of 12 had the grasshopper mentality and said, yeah, God's promises are beautiful, but it ain't ever going to happen for us. And I've heard people say that same type of stuff in our day and age. It's a sad, sad way to look at life. These guys were absolutely full of fear. And I've got an acronym for fear that I've heard, but it's the truth. Fear, F-E-A-R, is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Because fear is a form of faith. It's just a twisted, perverted form. Because when fear is telling you something, you're believing in something that maybe you haven't even seen yet. Well, what's faith? It's believing without seeing. But the good God kind of faith is believing God's promises without even seeing them just yet. And fear is believing the devil's threats and lies before you've ever even seen it. Your marriage isn't going to make it. Your kids are never coming home. You're going to get this. That's going to happen. It's all going to come crumbling down. And somebody with this fearful grasshopper mentality is like, probably right. Yeah. Yeah, man. We know nothing good ever happens to this family anyway. We've always got something going on. Don't live like that. Who are you going to believe? There were giants there. They weren't lying. There were giants there, but God promised them the promised land. Do you see that today? There were, there were giants there. And so here's the question. If you've got a promise from God's word, but your problems are telling you something else, who are you going to believe? You're going to believe your problems over your God? Or are you going to believe your God more than your problems? Are you going to believe the giants? Or are you going to believe the word of God? Well, I decided... I'm believing the word of God. No matter what comes up against me, I'm believing God's word. Because he's never failed me. He's never abandoned me. And so you see what the grasshopper mentality is? Well, I want to show you what the greater mentality is. The greater is he who's in me mentality. Look at, uh, here we are, Numbers 13. Look at verse 30. This is what Caleb had to say to everybody. Check this out. Verse 30, here's what Caleb had to say. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. Let's go right now. We can certainly conquer it. 
How could everybody else say, they're going to kill us, let's not even try, and this other guy say, let's not even wait, let's go tonight, let's go right now. We can conquer this. Why? Because he saw a great big God and some little bitty giants. Well, the other people saw some great big giants and a little bitty God. Listen, God is bigger than the giants. Do you know that today? Amen. Look at chapter 14. We'll take it a step further. Chapter 14. What is this? This is the greater mentality. And when you've got the greater mentality, I'm just going to be real. You got a little bit of swag when you walk around. Amen. You know, you, you may lean to one side, I don't know, but you got a little bit of swag and it's not a, a pride. It's not a, that you, you know, you've got a greater than people mentality. You've got a greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. I refuse to walk into any situation intimidated, defeated, and looking like, oh man, we ain't going to make it. No, you got to know the greater mentality. Greater is he. Numbers 14, and we're going to look here at verses seven through nine. And again, this is Joshua and Caleb speaking to the people. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And the and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Whoa, whoa, wait. He's telling them that they're rebellious. Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're helpless. Pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Now look at that, that, that phrase in verse 9. Do not rebel against the Lord. If God told you, go in to the promised land and conquer it and take what belongs to you, and we say, no, I'm not going to. I won't do it. I'm too afraid. I'm not going to do it. Right there it says that that's rebellion. Well, that's kind of mean to say to somebody when they're scared. We're trying to help people. Amen. And so if God said, get up, go in there and do what I told you to do for you to say, Mm-mm, not going. Nope. There's giants. I know. I heard what other people said. What is that? That's rebellion. And that's a pretty serious thing according to the word of God right here. And I love what Joshua said. Oh, he said, they are helpless prey to us. Instead of feeling sorry for himself, Joshua's like, I pretty much feel sorry for them. God's on our side. Like, they don't stand a chance. And in your life, you got to get this mentality. This is the warrior mentality. This is the greater mentality. The grasshopper mentality says, oh, no, giants. The greater mentality says, oh, boy, giants. We're going to get a miracle when we take these guys down. Amen. And so when you take a giant down in your life, God's got to get the glory because there's no way you did that. Amen. God gets the glory. And so if you're facing a giant situation right now, rejoice, do things God's way. You're going to overcome. You're going to make it through and God's going to get the glory because greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Can somebody say amen today? Let's go to number three. 
Number three, we're just taking some lessons from Joshua 1 9. Number three, we are told to be courageous. We are told to be courageous. Now, the definition of courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. The ability to do something that frightens you. You can't be courageous without facing down your fears. And I hear people say things like, oh yeah, that guy over there, he's courageous. He's not afraid of anything. Well, then we don't know if he's courageous or not. We don't know. If someone says, I don't, I'm not afraid of nothing. Well, then, hey, good for you. But we'll never know if you're courageous because you don't know if you're courageous until you face down your fears. Amen? And overcome them. That's courage. And we know that fear is something that we deal with as human beings, but we know God didn't give it to us because 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And so we all face fear in life. Is there anybody in here that you face some fears? The enemy comes and the giants try to breathe down at you and say, you are not going to make it. I'm taking you down. That's what Goliath did to David. But David just answered right back. He said, no, you're coming at me with, you know, all in the names of your gods trying to defy me. I'm coming at you in the name of the God of Israel and you're going down. You gotta speak back with the word of God. And so no doubt that fear to some extent had to be knocking on Joshua's door or the Lord wouldn't have to keep saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Fear not for I am with you. All these things that the Lord had to keep saying to Joshua, no doubt that some level of fear was trying to mess with him as he went in to this battle. Uh, but listen, he was strong and he was courageous because that's what God commanded him to do. And if you're here today and you're like, well, yeah, he was saying that to Joshua. He's saying it to you. He's commanding us be strong and courageous. He's with us everywhere we go. Now, one of the really cool things about Joshua is there's a lot of similarities to his life and the life of Jesus. And there's so many awesome people in the Bible where you see some pretty interesting connection points uh, of how Jesus was also facing some of the same things. And I want you to turn this morning to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And so there's a lot of similarities between Joshua and Jesus. I mean, they both rescued people. We know that much. Uh, they both faced fear and chose to be courageous. And so I want you to see here Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. And this is Jesus moments before he was to be betrayed. He's praying in the garden and he knows what's coming. He knows. He's not, he's not ignorant of what's getting ready to take place. He knows that he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be crucified. And, uh, and this obviously, I mean, this is a really big deal. Luke chapter 22. And we're going to look here, uh, starting at, at verse 39. And we see Jesus going for some prayer right before he enters, I mean, the most horrific situation that we could ever even dream of. So Luke 22 and verse 39, it says, then 
Accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Check this prayer out. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Verse 44, he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. That is a whole level of stress right there. And we're like, well, well, Jesus didn't ever have to face any fear. Well, the book of Hebrews says that he was tested and tempted in all the same ways that we are. If you have been tested and tempted with fear, Jesus had to have been tested and tempted with fear also. But Jesus was courageous and Jesus didn't back down. Jesus didn't walk away from it. He stood up in this moment and went through with it. And so here we have Jesus praying to the Father, saying, Father, if there is some other way to let this cup of suffering pass from me, can we do that? But nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And it says he, he's praying and his sweat begins to, to, to fall to the ground as great drops of blood. And so, you know, we've discussed this, but literally there is a level of anxiety and stress that the human body can reach where it literally begins to sweat blood. It's a very rare thing called hematoidrosis, but I believe that Jesus in this moment, knowing what lay ahead, reaches this level, and and he's praying, and can you just imagine Jesus in this moment sweating and praying, and blood literally just starts to come out of his body, and nobody's even touched him yet. Do you think that that would be a level of anxiety where you could say, you know what, I can't. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus had courage. Jesus was strong. And look at this, verse 45. At last, he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Have you ever been in such a realm of grief and stress where your body's just like, I can't. And, and we read this, and all the time people are like, man, those silly disciples, they couldn't even watch and pray for an hour. They couldn't even, and I get that. I mean, hey, Jesus needed them right then, and they fell asleep. But if the stress and the grief was so thick that Jesus was at that point, can you imagine these guys just being who they are? It was a lot on them, too. And I'd like to make fun of them, but I don't know if I can today because I've been in some spots where the anxiety is just like that. I'm, I, I, oh, I can't even stay awake. I'm so exhausted. And that's where these guys were. And so verse 46, why are you sleeping? He asked him, get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. And so... Notice something that Jesus said a couple verses back. He said, I want your will to be done, not mine. That's 
the prayer of courage right there. If you're in a spot where clearly you're like, I would personally like to take the easy way out, find somebody else to do this. I don't want to do it. This is going to, I can't. But when you're in this spot and you can say, you know what? Mm. You know, not my will, your will be done, Lord. I'll do whatever it is that you're saying to do right now. I'm going to do this for you, Jesus. That's courage right there. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so I want to tell you that whatever it is that you're facing today, don't find a way to run away from it. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord is with you. And I'm going to say this, that if you're in it, you can win it. If you're in it, you can win it. Because God is in it with you as well. Do you know that today? Do you see it that way? Do you see the truth of the matter that the Lord, your God, is with you everywhere you go? And so people probably thought that Jesus lost his battle because he died, but the joke was on them because he didn't stay dead. He came back to life three days later. Who knows if that happened, amen? He was resurrected. And people thought it was too late for the Israelites. And it was for the ones that gave in to the, to the doubt and fear and the complaining. But for Joshua and Caleb, it wasn't too late. It took 40 years because everybody else's negativity put them in a bad spot. But guess what? It wasn't too late. Joshua and Caleb made it in to the promised land, even though nobody else did. That was from that generation. Amen. And so I'm encouraging you today that as we're studying the life of Joshua right here, you've probably got a lot in common with him that you didn't even know about. And sometimes we're like, yeah, man, it must have been easier back then. They got to see the Red Sea part. They got to see this happen. They got to see that happen. And don't you know that they're in heaven right now saying, man, those guys must have it easy. They've got the Holy Spirit literally living on the inside of them. I wish we had had that. The Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives on the inside of you. What's your excuse for not stepping in to the promised land and saying, greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world? Amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise today. Amen. So it's not too late for you. Be strong, be courageous. The Lord your God is with you today. Amen. Can we stand up together this morning? Praise God. We're going to stand up together. Amen. Is anybody seeing anything here from Joshua? Amen. I love the story of Joshua. Well, we want to, of course, offer prayer to anybody today that needs it. That's one of the main things that we want to do. But before we do that, we want to make sure that everybody here has had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because all this stuff may sound cool, it may sound inspirational or whatever, but we're not here to inspire you. We're here to give you the truth from God's Word. Because the truth, when you know it, will set you free, according to Jesus in John 8, 32. And the truth of the matter is this, is that we all have to come to a point in our lives where we say, I can't do this on my own. 
I need Jesus. And we want to pray with you today and give you that chance. And so if you're here and and maybe at some point you did have a relationship with Jesus and maybe somewhere along the way you just kind of walked away. Or or maybe you're here and you've never really had a relationship with Jesus. We want to give you that chance today. Now, of course, nobody can make the choice for you. Joshua goes on in Joshua 24, 15 to say, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Your grandma couldn't make the choice for you. Mom and dad couldn't make it. You have to choose today who you will serve. And so I'd like to lead you in a prayer today. And according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And we want to make that opportunity available today. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? And I'd really love to pray this prayer together today. Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, give me the strength to live for you. Forgive me for anything wrong I've done. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, Can we give the Lord a shout of praise together today? Amen. Hey, this is my friend Jose right here. And Jose is in charge of a, a program we have called Spiritual Personal Trainer. And we call it SPT. But what this is, is if you're new to the Lord and, and, and you're really, you're serious. You're not just playing around, but you really do want to give your life to the Lord. We will set you up with someone else from church here for the next 30 days. They're going to text you a Bible verse every day and a short devotion. They're going to pray with you. If you have any questions, they'll be there to answer you. They will, you'll have a personal mentor for the next 30 days, a spiritual personal trainer to make sure that you're getting started on the right way with God. We don't want to just lead you in a prayer and say, hey, good luck. Hope you make it. That doesn't work for anybody. And so we want to do our absolute best to make sure that you make it in life. If you're interested in that, you can come see Jose in just a minute when we're praying for people. Uh, He'll get your name and number, and we're going to connect you with someone else here from the church uh, that could could be there for you and lead you over the next little bit. Amen. Uh, Can I have my prayer team come on up this morning? Amen. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything at all, uh, for your health, for your marriage, for your kids, whatever it is, if you're here and you need prayer, we've got a team of people that would love to pray for you. And so I just invite you to come up as we're doing that. If you're here and you don't need prayer, well, good for you. We're thrilled for you. Uh, But what we ask is that you stay reverent while these others are getting the prayer they need. And so if we could just have you worship God where you're at, uh, check your fantasy football scores later, order your hot wings after church uh, or whatever it is you're going to do. But for right now, either worship God or pray for those that do need prayer. Amen. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship for just a few more minutes and then we'll close out in prayer. Amen.
today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and we'll begin to wind things down here. We got a little ministry going on still, so we want to be reverent of that. But I believe that the Lord was speaking to us today to be strong and courageous. Amen. He's with us everywhere that we go. A couple of reminders. Um, the Harvest Fest uh, fundraising team, uh, they've got some tacos outside. Amen. And some root beer floats. Amen. Where are they at? Oh, the tacos are in the kitchen back here. Okay, so you could uh, swing through this hallway. There's a window right there, and uh, and grab some tacos if you want those. All of the uh, all of the uh, proceeds from that are going to Harvest Fest, and uh, we're believing to reach a whole lot of people this year, a thousand kids at least, and uh, and it's going to be great. So uh, it's all for that, Amen. And we're going to give them the love of Jesus and uh, service tonight at six o'clock. That's going to be great. And let's one more time hear it for our Midtown family that are with us today. We love them. Amen. And so the goal is a nine o'clock service this coming Sunday, and we're going to push really hard for that to get some approval. Pastor Katie and I have a meeting with some of the people down the hill this week, so we're going to be pushing for that. Amen. And uh, and so just have your faith with us on that. It's going to be absolutely great. And the final reminder I'll give is that the citywide worship night will be over there the first Saturday of October at 6 p.m. We want to see everybody there, and there'll be a lot of people from other churches there, and it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Amen. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to close things down in prayer today, and then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession, and you can be dismissed. Amen. Let's uh, let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God. Lord, you are so good, and we thank you that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, and that you do have good plans for our lives. Lord, and we're going to choose to follow you right on into the promised land that you have for us. Lord, I ask that you would use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go to show the love of Jesus to Barstow and, and Fort Irwin and, and the Santa Fe Railroad and, and anywhere that we're working, the Marine Base, Victorville, wherever we are, I thank you that we are a bright light for you, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right, let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over Barstow, and then you're dismissed. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.